Hello, everyone, and welcome yet again to another episode of SDGC Live. It is Thursday, October 14th, 2021, and as you can see, it's me, Justin, Jeff, and CJ tonight. Gentlemen, how is everyone doing? Good. Can't complain. Yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good today. I'm okay. <laughs> CJ, you need to be better than CJ, okay. CJ, you want to talk, man? What's going on? Make that better no, for you. Man, John, every time I, again, every time I fucking log on to this fucking Discord, some bullshit you want to fucking push on to us, I can't do it anymore, John. Look, I'm just <laughs> saying. Fucking, whether it's the fucking gorilla talk, whether it's some fucking oh, weird-ass video you find. We're no, going to we're gonna get into whether or not so, I can beat up a gorilla tonight. No, like, man. That's one of the, the topics. Poll, poll decided, all right? Okay, okay, look. Here's the thing about that poll, okay? That poll was clearly fucking manipulated. All right. There was there was a th this was all orchestrated by Justin in an attempt to convince people that I cannot uh, fuck up a gorilla. In... Just... John, I'm going to drop some gorilla facts on all you. All right, please. I want to hear this. Tell me about gorilla yes, facts. I, Jeff, drop some gorilla facts. I want to hear some uh, gorilla John. facts, and then I, I'll give you some John be facts. I want to clear to anybody that might not be familiar with the situation. John insists. He could take a gorilla in a fight. Of course, it's I not can. a bit. Like he's easily like, serious. He's th this is this has been a discussion that has gone on for a long time. I I set up a poll um, on Twitter, uh, and I think it was eighty-seven percent of people said that he could not take a gorilla uh, right. in a fight. Which, to be quite honest, better than I thought he would do in that poll. <laughs> okay, so um, so first of all, I didn't even vote in the poll. Okay. Uh, oh wow. Wow. So, second of all, so there are other delusional people. Oh yeah, on, so, on Twitter. So, <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know if the poll really matters. No, John. right. So, like, so, so here's the thing: polls don't matter. Okay. Like okay, what matters people, are facts. Or, would you give agree? Me, you, or sure, uh, Jeff, give me some facts gorilla don't facts. Don't care about your fucking feelings. So, Jeff, John, give God me. Damn it. Give me. So it's a silverback gorilla, John. Okay. Is stronger than twenty adult humans combined. Okay. Uh, they can lift and throw 815 kilograms, uh, while a well-trained man could only lift at most 400, so that's double. One bite has 1,300 pounds per square inch of pressure, which is higher than a lion, which okay. only have 600 pounds per square inch. So you're talking two to three times more powerful bite than a lion. Uh, they can lift at least twice as much as the strongest human, and John, I know you're fit. I do not think you are the strongest human in the world. I'm sure you might beg to differ. <laughs> but, I mean, let's just, you know, let's be real here. And they, I mean, the other important question is, are you fighting them in their natural habitat? Or are you fighting them uh, on your home turf, like in your house? Or, you know, are, are you battling them in a video game? Like Final Destination... Okay. So let me drop some, some John facts here. Oh, fuck, bro. Okay. You have <laughs> given me you have given me gorilla facts, which I respect. And, and you know what? I have nothing but respect for the noble gorilla. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a noble animal. It's a noble creature. I don't fucking think um, you can fight it. You have respect for but it. Here, but here, oh but but here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I have one thing that that gorilla does not have. All right, when you take away all of its strength. You take away all of its bite force, okay? I've got one thing the gorilla doesn't have, and that is training. Training fucking matters, man. 
No. All right, I've got real fucking it's, training. You have a specific set okay. of skills. I am a cra- okay, I am a well-trained, John, crafty motherfucker. Okay. John, and- John, what anti-gorilla training have you got? <laughs> this motherfucker thinks he's Batman. Holy look, shit! He's look. like, oh yeah, well Batman can defeat Superman. Look, I'm just saying. He just needs time. He just needs time. Oh man! What no, the no, no, fuck? no. You're not gonna. F- I mean, I will. So, I one day I will videotape myself fighting a gorilla, and I will I will demonstrate to you. <laughs> and Vicky will I, send it to us. I will demonstrate <laughs> in a fucking mountain for a year. <laughs> Vicky's I gonna will, send it to us along with the you know. Hey, listen, I, I appreciate you guys telling us. We told you so in this really trying time after John got his fucking <laughs> fucking smoked by a fucking gorilla. Um, we appreciate it. Please don't post this video. <laughs> so so again, again, I, I all, what I'll say is this, right? Like, CJ, you have no idea the situations I've been in. OK, I've been in some pretty bad fucking situations, man. I know you haven't fought a like, gorilla. There I, I have are no fought, gorillas in the Middle East. I have You're fought not, you know, really, there's no way. I have fought really big men. Okay, I have fought men who are larger than me, and I'm a pretty big guy. Okay, not as strong as the gorilla. But it's all about training, CJ. It's all about it's all about it's all about situational awareness and knowing and knowing the battle space. Okay, a gorilla is not a gorilla has a human being this delusional. CJ, CJ, a gorilla does not have a gorilla a gorilla does not have the sense of awareness and 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 guile that i have okay a gorilla need to it's a fucking gorilla right exactly but here's the thing dude i'm i'm far smarter and and what and better trained than that gorilla could ever be john let me ask you something when a gorilla punch comes at you with 2700 pounds of force enough to easily shatter your skull what is like what is your intelligence gonna do so that gorilla no that gorilla that gorilla is not even gonna touch me Okay. What John? Are you gonna, are you gonna parry the gorilla? No, I'm t- no, I'm gonna duck. I'm gonna duck that fucking punch. I'm, duck. I'm telling you you're right now. Duck. You're gonna no, duck. No, here's the guy. You're gonna duck. You're gonna stand up. Your entire body, like it's got a big like wingspan on that. No, 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 no. Here's what's gonna happen. No, Jeff, he'll duck. He'll get the first duck, right? He'll duck. Yeah. He'll be like, oh sweet, I did it. Other fucking hands gonna come in and fucking tear his head off. That's true. He's gonna fuck. Look, all I'm saying is he's this. gonna he's gonna duck tweet about it like oh yeah I just duck the fucking gorilla punch I'm, I'm yeah. unstoppable here in the middle of that tweet I will literally I will live stream my gorilla battle <laughs> you're gonna live stream your fucking death <laughs> I'm just saying man like you, CJ you doubt me podcast man, C- no, man. CJ you doubt me fact they're all gorillas like have like form fucking religions what are you talking you're not gonna fucking defeat a gorilla I'm sorry there is no way. There is no way. I'm fucking pissed that you still insist on this, if it's a bit or not. I'm genuinely upset. Please stop this shit, John. God damn. <laughs> CJ, I didn't realize you took this so seriously. We need to we need to make a statement to our listeners and viewers just in case. We're it's advocating for you to go fight a gorilla. Don't fight a Don't gorilla, fight a gorilla unless you're me. I'm gonna like John should not fight a gorilla. I'm gonna um, like ask Finn to like make a graphic like a you know like a really serious like the the, the cyberpunk yellow um like statement and it's like you know here we are we here at SDC some of us you know want to want to like you know again emphasize please do not fight gorillas no matter what you think your skills your intelligence your training is um your your video game opinions are 
Look, I, I hate the fact that you doubt me this this much, man. Like, it's really just dis- you, man. I'm just fucking like it's, it's just so it's it's really disheartening, CJ. Like, you I could take on like a capuchin monkey, maybe. I could absolutely maybe. take it, dude. I could I could crush a fucking uh, capuchin monkey. Like, it's not even a contest. It's not even a contest, CJ. Like, I I would actually rather fight a gorilla than I would a chimpanzee. Because a chimpanzee is fast, man. Like, those motherfuckers are fast and and agile. Gorilla's just a big, slow, lumbering motherfucker. Like, chimpanzees will literally rip your fucking face off. They've done it. I feel like you know, when John it talks about these, he's just thinking of Dark Souls bosses, like, in terms yeah, of, like... He has the optimal like, build. He has, like, the optimal build. <laughs> Somebody in chat he's says, like training against, he's training against CPUs and DK CPUS and Smash. Somebody, somebody, somebody in chat says John can only defeat a gorilla because he's a gamer. That's true. Like everybody knows, everybody knows mm-hmm. that gamers are highly trained uh, individuals with lightning reflexes. Um, I want to you'll just rise up. I want Rar to come in um, into chat, like, and just like post all the Donkey Kong facts he knows, and seeing if we can use that. In some Wait, way. does he know a lot? Of, what does Rar does Rar know a lot of Donkey Kong facts? Is he like the yeah, Donkey well, Kong fact man? Does Does the user named Rar DK sixty four? No, uh, Donkey Kong facts. I mean, I'm just asking because DK sixty four isn't a very good Donkey Kong game. So very true. Oh, yeah. Like, are we talking like DK64 Donkey Kong or Seth Rogen Donkey Kong? No, who's like, okay, the the most powerful Donkey Kong. (laughs) I think John could take Seth Rogen Donkey Kong. You could take Seth Rogen. He can't take 94 Donkey Kong. Mm. I think that's him at his apex. You can't Mm. take the arcade Donkey Kong. That's him at his peak. Okay, okay. Well, now I. Donkey Kong riding a rhino. talk about the Great Ape War because that is uh, actual lore lore, in the Donkey Kong universe. Wait, I'm. Wait, what? Which member of the DK crew can John like take feasibly? Cranky Kong like, for sure. No, Cranky will um, kick your ass. What? Yeah, Cranky Kong would fuck you up. Maybe Diddy Kong. He's the arcade. He's the arcade Kong. He's he could no he could no he could probably take on Baby Kong if he's sleeping. Kitty Kong, sorry. Um, you could take on Funky will like rock your shit. Dixie will rock your shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe the you could probably defeat what's her name? Who's the one who died in DK sixty four? Someone dies. Someone dies. I don't remember the that. Fucking ghost of like Cranky's. Who was I it? could probably <laughs> take King K. Rule. No, but he's not a gorilla. You can't. Yeah, okay, no, you can't change the rules. He's a crocodile, right? Yeah, he's a yeah. crocodile. He's like a big. He's like a, a big. He's a big boy. He's like a big. One hit, he'll counter you with his fucking like gold plated like fucking chest. He does. He does have a gold plated chest, dude. Yeah, he's a fucking like, gun, bro. Fucking, he's gonna throw some cannonballs and shit at me. Um, believe it or not, this is this actually is a video game podcast for anybody listening. Um. I brought it back to video games. I mean, you it. did. No, I, I, and I, I mean, that was a, that was a good, oh, solid fi- first 15 minutes of this episode. I think, <laughs> I, will I, say, I, I think that's a really strong start. I think our uh, listeners are really going to appreciate I will that. say that there, there is a gorilla that I could not beat up. And that is the, that is the guardian ape from Sekiro. There's just no fucking way. Like you kill that thing and it tears its own head off and, and comes at you again. Like there's no way I could fight that I, guardian ape and live. I just want to point out that I usually title the podcast based on whatever topic we spend the most amount of time on. So if none of our other topics last 15 or 20 minutes, this will officially be the gorilla episode. Of That's good. SCGC. No, no, no. Let's keep it going. Wait, hold on. Rar and chat says Chunky Kong, though. No chance. Is there a Chunky Kong? Yeah. Yeah. He's a oh, big shit. boy. Oh, no, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, just, <laughs> no you're like fucking he... dead. Yo, straight up. Is there a Chunky he, Kong? He's... Yeah. He's chunky. built like the God of War Ragnarok Thor. Like, Ooh. Do, you 
Yeah, he 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 big. You might have the speed advantage, but yeah, yeah. What one he 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 got he mm-hmm. has he, when he you know gets you, you're you're fucking destroyed. Rips you in half. So Rar says Chunky Kong's whole thing is what he said he's super strong. What game was he in? Sixty four. Oh, that's why I don't remember You're, it. I try to block. I try to block my memories of that game out. Um, once you hear that rap and they explain all their powers, you're fucking dead. I mean, yeah, Diddy has a gun. Diddy yeah, has a fucking. You can't take Diddy. Strap. <laughs> fucking str- all of so them have what, guns. What, so hold on a minute. Wait, is this like the Shadow the Hedgehog version of Donkey Kong? Like, what is this? Like, I you never played. Posted a link to okay. Chunky Kong. I, I never, I never finished uh, DK sixty four, okay. and I have almost John, no memory of John, it. I know it's bad. Gun can fire in spurts if he shoots you. It's, it's gonna, gonna hurt. hurt. I read a whole like an analysis of the song. It's like that means DK like fucking you know he he um he means business, bro. <laughs> he fucking has a strap. You're fucking dead. Fucking coconut gun. Hey, Derek's in chat. Derek's so, in chat, but he's not on the podcast. What's up with that? Con- Derek, tell tell Derek, ask Derek. Derek, what DK member? We just said. Um, apparently, Chunky Kong uh, does not seem to favor fighting. He actually enjoys butterflies, ballet, and playing the triangle. But, the thing is, when That's John really starts sweet. talking, he's gonna fucking become a fucking like you know warhead. At that moment, like he'll fuck you know John's gonna say something stupid. Chunky Kong's gonna rip his head off. I mean, <laughs> Chunky literally boxes King K. Rule in that game. Does exactly. he really? Yeah. Yeah. What? I think that's the last stage of the final boss. Is, yeah. It's pretty yeah. fucked up that the only thing I remember by DK sixty four is that it sucks. Is that it's really you don't bad. The rap? I don't. Rem- I don't remember the rap. You don't. Okay, the DK rap is legendary. Yeah, come on. It's like the greatest video game theme song ever. Come on. Justin, could you could you honor us with a rendition of the DK rap? I, I mean, I already Can gave you, you a verse. No, hold that, on. Hold that, on. That, well, that's all I got in me. Give tonight. me one more verse. Give me one more verse. I want to hear one oh, more man, verse. Cool. Oh. No. Oh, CJ's gonna CJ's gonna fucking do it. I'm not gonna I'm not but I, I need to fu- hold up. Let's see. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to genius. I trust them. All right. Let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got here. The best verse in this game. This is good fucking This is podcast. good fucking oh, you know podcast uh, content Kong. here. Come on, Donkey Kong. Right, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Something CJ. memorable here. Hold up. CJ's just looking for, like, the perfect line. The yeah, fucking I, bars right here. <laughs> while, while CJ's looking, I just want to explain, we're kind of late on topics this week, so no, the, the if, you hadn't, if you hadn't noticed, we're, that we're just going to be kind of freestyling we're, it tonight. We're 20 minutes deep, and we're still talking about gorillas. Keep this shit going. Well, hold oh, on. Gorillas. D- Rar says, "Put your hands here. We go. So they're finally here. Put your hands together." Yeah, those are the lyrics to the DK rap guy. So long. I thought this was a short little thing at the no, start. It's like, no, it's, it's a whole movie. Long. It's Shit. a whole movie. What if they had it's like pages? Who performs the rap? Like, who's is it? Donkey Kong? Who's rapping? No, it's like no, a it's rap about so, Donkey Kong. Oh, it's yeah, just Grant like a singer Kirkhope who's wrote it. Grant Kirkhope wrote it. Really? He wrote it. Yeah. He wrote it. He composed it. Um, there's two versions. It's the one in DK64, and then there's like a different one that's in Melee. Oh, there's like the extended LP version. Is 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 that what it is? The amended version. The amended, no, the amended version. version right. and, um, the amended, like what Biggie Smalls would call like the censored version. I gotcha. That makes the, total the sense. The amended, now. the amended versions in Melee. So they speed up a section, they cut out a verse, and they censor the word hell. Is that this was in DK64? Is this to Donkey Kong what Crazy Chocobo is to Final Fantasy? I don't fucking know, John. Why'd well, you I know Justin and Jeff know what I'm talking about. What's crazy? No, because the DK... I don't know. D, DK rap. No. <laughs> <laughs> CJ also doesn't know what... Cra- CJ, you don't know what Crazy Chocobo is? No, man. I would have wanted to look up Crazy you Chocobo. Do not need, 
to know what crazy CJ, you got to know about crazy. You want me to like Final Fantasy or not? Like, that's my thing. Like, no, CJ, unironically, crazy Chocobo is something that you would actually like. Yeah, no, you know, it's that's the thing. Okay, again, Justin, you know what I like. That's the problem. Like, no, no, CJ, CJ, you will unironically like crazy Chocobo. I guarantee it. So, you think you can ride this Chocobo? How much do you think Square paid Limbiscuit to cover Crazy Chocobo for Stranger of Paradise? Oh, bro, like five million. Yeah, no, that's that's you know. So yeah, Limbiscuit is the only Fred Durst is the only person who could who could remake Crazy Chocobo mm-hmm. for Stranger of Paradise. Absolutely. No, yeah, they they ran through the gauntlet. They were like, all right, it's like it's either Limbiscuit, it's either going to be or um, Seether or or no no um, no like like the like fucking not even we're gonna go like you know Limbiscuit Static X. Static, um, yeah. Corn, but most of the members have COVID now, so like they're out. Um, also, corn, corn is like super right wing. They suck. Corn. I don't think Jonathan Davison's right. No, wing. no, he, no, no. They are. Like, they did a really? they, they did a concert with Stained like two weeks ago, and there was a big like <laughs> fuck <laughs> Joe Biden plan. <laughs> like, I haven't fuck. heard of Stained in like twenty. Years. Fuck, fuck corn yeah, and be, fuck that's Stained. That's because they rebranded as like a country. Like yeah, yeah, he does like country yeah. music now. Yeah, like it's he doesn't do uh he doesn't he doesn't sing uh you know really uh you know sad rock songs anymore. Want, like uh, the Deftones cover of any Final Fantasy song. It's like the slow <laughs> angry, like drugged out, drugged out He's like, he's sitting on a stage and it's real dark and he's sad yeah, and He's strumming his guitar. Well, I, okay, I, you, you remember that? Like, I, I tweeted out like every party member needs a playlist, right? Matches their personality. You need the ultra right wing conservative Christian who only listens to POD. You need the and and fucking like skillet. You need the main <laughs> character who only listens to fucking trashy new metal. You need the one guy who's like drugged out of his mind who only listens to Tool, Three Eleven, and and um <laughs> and Deftones. You need. <laughs> Yo, like, I, that you. This is if we're gonna. Okay, they gotta come in. So every 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 party member needs their playlist. Every party member needs some like fucking awful early two thousands playlist. I'm oh, into shit. whatever game this is. Yeah, it's the great, the only Final Fantasy game I want to play. That's what it is. CJ is gonna <laughs> see. I actually want CJ to do the review for Stranger of Paradise for us. I should. Like I, I really. Cause we'll, I don't like Souls likes that much. I don't like Final Fantasy games. We'll the perfect. We'll, we'll we'll get a code for it. And I really want CJ to be the one to do it. I want CJ. I want CJ to 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 review Stranger of Paradise. Bullshit. My game of the year. It's my like, game of the year, right there. You have even fucking game of the year. that that and abandon. You abandon. Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking love that abandoned. I love abandoned man. I've had so much. I've had so much fun with abandoned already. My like, uncle who works at a. My uncle works at my uncle works at Kojima Productions told me that that. Abandon is actually, actually Metal Gear. It's actually Metal Gear Six. Like <laughs> it's actually it, it's actually Silent Gear Six. It's a it's a combination of Silent Hill and and Metal Gear. Silent Silent Two. Metal Gear Silent. It's Metal Gear Silent. <laughs> like yeah, it's 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 really cool. It, it's actually tangent, Metal Gear. You know it's Metal Gear no, no. Silent Tactical Castlevania Action. It's no, really no, no, cool. no, no, no. Here, I'm gonna end it all, and then we can stop talking about Abandon. It's actually a Zone of the Ender sequel. Okay, and they're gonna CJ. find. All right, I would fucking CJ, love. CJ, a- just a heads up. Maybe the transition line. I'm gonna end it all. Isn't the best, <laughs> the best one to you? Because, dude, dude, don't get me, dude. I, I, you know how much I would fucking love Zone of the Enders three. CJ just literally spit his fucking. <laughs> 
We we are 25 minutes wow. into the episode, and CJ was already just like, "I'm gonna end it all. I'm gonna end it now. I'm gonna end it now and spit my spit my spit my alcohol over my fucking Bro, keyboard. It's all over my monitor. Fuck off. Wait, how much fucking alcohol are you guys spit all over the place tonight? <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't know what CJ said. I just it just went everywhere. I had to go get some paper towel. So we actually oh do. We actually do have topics to talk about. We do. Believe I swear it or not. Well, sure. Believe it. Well, I mean, we got topics in the sense that we asked our community, our wonderful, awesome, incredible SDGC community, for topics to talk about tonight, and we did get some. Uh, and uh, what do you think, guys? Do we open up with uh, Mercury Steam and the Metroid credits, um, or do you, do you just want? To, I tell you what. I tell you what. So, 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 let's start with Metroid because we are actually going to be recording a Metroid review. I think on sometimes Saturday, but I know that Jeff won't be able to be there, and Jeff had some stuff that he wanted to say about Metroid Dread, uh, and uh, and Justin and I will will chime in as necessary. Jeff, why don't you talk a little bit about Metroid Dread, man? Um, yeah, I think I'm almost done. I, I bought it, uh, not expecting to really like it because I don't like Metroidvanias. I don't like 2D games. I basically don't like anything that Metroid Dread is. That really upsets uh, me. That you don't really... like hard games. You don't like games with a lot of bosses. <laughs> Justin was in the Discord like, dude, don't fucking buy this game. <laughs> and, but, you know, I, I can't help it. The hype gets to me sometimes. It looks it looks pretty cool. Uh, and I just got a new uh, OLED switch, right? Mm. So I want something to play on it. And it seemed like a good candidate. So, and you know, I try to keep an open mind, right? Uh, there's some types of games and genres I don't like, but I'm always willing to give things another shot. Um, and yeah, it's like, I, I'm almost done it and I really liked it. I, I didn't love it probably the way most of you will. Like it's still, you know, it's like a, it's a solid eight out of 10 for me. I, I enjoyed my time with it. It's not going to be my all time favorites, but you know, I haven't been able to put it down for a week, so I think that's a testament to it. And I think one of the it is hard. I've enjoyed the second half of the game much less just because like I don't get I know people talk about like that satisfaction of beating a boss. And I just don't really I don't really get that. Like that isn't what gives me satisfaction in games. I'm more enjoying the exploration and actually solving all these fucking ridiculous like speed boost puzzles. Um, that That's where my enjoyment in the game's coming. So I'm just kind of drawing this out as long as I can before I have to go fight the final boss. Um, but the one thing that makes this game playable to me, and I would never be able to go back to an older Metroid, uh, at least not the old, like, Super Nintendo one, um, is the, it has just fucking save rooms all over the place, it has autosaves, it has checkpoints, like, I have never died and, like, had to go back more than 30 seconds. Because, like, let's be real, that doesn't make games harder, it just wastes your fucking time. So Even in Dark Souls, they give you shortcuts and stuff like that, but, like, making me run another five minutes just to get back to the boss that I just attempted, there's no point. That doesn't, that serves no purpose to me. So I just appreciate that this game respects my time. And that's the reason I've stuck with it, I think. So I will say, uh, Jeff, outside of like a, outside of one or two instances, um, like Super Metroid is nowhere near as difficult as Metroid Dread is like, like not even, not even close. Um, Super Metroid is more obtuse though. It's more obtuse, but it's not, but, but like, the bosses in, in Super Metroid are nowhere near the difficulty level of the ones in Dread, with the exception is of maybe Metroid. Dread's, difficult, Dread's difficulty is rare for the series. Like, Metroid yeah. Prime 2 was tough. Samus Returns was tough, but, like, Dread is kind of a standout for... I I think the way Dread is difficult is very different. But Dread is also days. very fair, I think. I, I lo- like, uh, yeah, yeah. I Like, I did the final boss today... Um, I, I obviously won't go into details about the final boss, but like, 
one of the most satisfying boss fights yeah. I've ever done. Because like when when you first get there, it seems impossible. It seems like you're just getting demolished, and then um, as you learn it, like I got, I actually finished it without barely taking any damage like i went from just getting wrecked immediately to barely taking any damage on the time i finished it which was amazing like and like that kind of progression is really really fun and i think um i think it's like a good way to split up like the exploration and platforming puzzles that metroid has always had and like kind of give some more uh give some more edge to the boss fights i I, I really really i will say to jeff i will say to jeff um after playing Dread, if you ever do get the, I don't know, get the desire to go back and visit like the older 2D Metroids, like you're in for a rough time because they don't control anywhere near as well as Dread does. Yeah, um, don't worry, I'm not going back. I, I will play the Metroid Prime trilogy once that hits Switch. Yeah, but, I, mean, uh, I, mean, I mean, that's a whole different like type yeah. of game right there. But mm-hmm. CJ, go ahead. Let me, let me ask you something because, again, like you and I are so similar mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Um appreciate you jeff anyway um i what i want to know is again so this is you, you don't play metroidvanias you don't play a lot of 2d games which is so weird because that's all i play um what um did this kind of hook like did, did it hook you quickly or was it one of those things where you kind of had to like just learn it and 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 you were annoyed mm-hmm. by it as uh, you play my initial like, impression was like super annoyed because mm-hmm. it uh it doesn't onboard you very nicely like i've never played one of these games before and like it kind of gives you a a couple tips on like some abilities, but like I didn't even know how to fucking control it. I had to go into the controls <laughs> menu and like I'm looking at you don't start with a ton of moves, but even what was there, it like wasn't super clear on how to use certain things. Um, uh, so like yeah, at the start was a little rough, but honestly, the first half of the game was really accessible, and um, yeah, I don't know, it hooked me right away. Like I just got hooked on that. Um, again, the exploration, you know, trying to fill in that map, wondering, oh, what's here? Hey, the store's locked. How do I get here? That's kind of like the thing that makes my brain go and like, oh, you know, like uh, the puzzle solving, I guess, more than anything. And I love, again, uh, especially early in the game, there wasn't that many bosses and the like kind of exploration was really chill. The enemies weren't super hard and they give you tons of opportunities to like farm health and missiles and stuff. So it takes away that I don't enjoy games also when I'm like constantly near death or like out of items and stuff. And I never really feel like that in this game. Um, definitely they, they challenge you to use those during bosses and stuff, but it, yeah, it was like just a chill experience and I just really got hooked on, like I said, just filling in the map and, and trying to find all the little secrets and stuff like that. So yeah, well, I was, I was almost right from the start. Well, there's also, I mean, there's no other franchise that does that or like can, that conveys that sense of, I mean, I mean like, honestly, the only other franchise, uh, that conveys the sense of loneliness and like you against the entire world is, is Dark Souls, right? Like, which is yeah. a, its own kind of Metroidvania. Um, but the Metroid games are just, are, are, are just known for giving you that sense of it's literally you against an entire fucking planet. Um, you're all alone. Uh, you know, you can only, you have only yourself to rely on. Um, and I, I, I won't, um, I won't go too deep into it because I I do want to, you know, I've got a lot to say about uh, Metroid Dread when we do our actual review this weekend. But what I will say, um, well, I'll say two things. One, um, this is my favorite characterization of Samus in the entire franchise. She's just a stone cold fucking badass. Um, And the only Nintendo character to like have any sort of like development. I mean, she's just a fucking badass, dude. Like, like there's a moment when you beat the first boss where she's just standing there, like just looking at it with this board, like her body language just screams 
I'm going to kill you and I'm bored. And she just slow, she just charges her, her, you know, her charge beam, uh, walks around it, never taking her eyes off of it. The boss turns around and she just slowly raises her arm and like just completely nonchalantly blasts it as uh, it lunges at her one last time. And then she just does a flip through its tail and lands on one knee with her fist to the ground. And I was like, God damn, Samus. Like, the cutscenes are, cut are so cool. But I mean, she's just I, a fucking badass, man. Like, I, I, know for, I know for me, though, like, I have had a lot of issues with Nintendo's handling of a lot of its, like, franchises in the past several years. I have issue. I've had issues with their games feeling very dated and having like really obnoxious tutorialization <laughs> um, and stuff like that. And so I was like nervous about all of that going in because I have listened. I have been looking forward to this game for the nearly 20 years it's been. And God, I can't believe it's been that fucking long. This game doesn't have any of those issues. Like this is the first Nintendo release in a while that I am like all in on and thought that they really, really nailed it. And the fact that it not only lived up to the expectations I had for it, but in a lot of ways surpassed them is well, is a really big deal for me. The last thing I'll like, say about it, I Justin, haven't had I haven't had this kind of experience with a game in a long time. The last thing I'll say uh, about it is I, I, I adored it. No, I'm right there with you. And, you know, like the last thing I'll, I'm like, I'm almost at the end of my second playthrough already. Uh, I'm going through one. I'm going for 100 percent items um, on normal mode. This is my game of the year. Like there, there's just nothing else coming out that's going to surpass this for me, um, and and I waited 19 years for this fucking game. Metroid is up there with Final Fantasy and Dark Souls is one of my all time favorite franchises. Um, this is the best 2D Metroid game. It is better than Super Metroid. It's better than Zero Mission, um, and it is not just my game of the year, but it is also among my favorite games of all time now, because Super Metroid and Zero Mission are two of my favorite games of all time. This is better than both of those. Um, Metroid Dread is in my top 10 games of all time. And that's a big fucking statement. For that. That's a big thing for me to say. But that's how much I love this. I, that's how much I love this fucking game. We're going to be talking about Metroid Dread 10 years from now, the way people uh, who grew up, you know, with Super Nintendo like me talk about Super Metroid. Like, that, that's also, how good this fucking game is. But by the way, let <coughs> Jeff mentioned that I was in. I was on Discord tra- telling him not to buy this because it's like an anti-Jeff game. It makes it me really so happy is. that he yeah. even, that he even enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, like, because it, it caused me pain to tell somebody to not buy a Metroid game. Yeah, but um, I, I haven't fought the final boss yet, so I will get back to you. Yeah, the final boss sure is something else. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I got to it last night and tried a few times, and I'm just like, I'm. It was like 2 a.m. and I'm like, I'm just going to bed and doing this tomorrow morning. There's there's no way. But um, but, but yeah. And also, like, it's very it's very exciting that it seems like this is on a much better sales trajectory yes, as well. It's already the fastest selling game in the, the franchise. Uh, uh, this is a series that has really struggled on that front, um, in a lot of ways, and the fact that, and there have been you know several misguided uh entries in the series. Uh, and the fact that like this one that's very that's simu- that's simultaneously true to what the series was, but also is willing to put new stuff in there and feel very modern um, is doing well, just makes me really happy. And I'm just excited to see how it evolves. I'm excited to see what speedrunners do with this game, because the speedrunning community has always been huge for Metroid. Um, and this game was like there's actually like 
stuff put in there to reward sequence breaking if you do it and things like that. I'm well, really excited to see how that evolves. You know, we're sitting here talking about how much we love Metroid Dread, and that's great. I mean, I love it. It's, yes. my, it's my game of the year. But there, there is one thing that our community asked us to talk about tonight um, that, that I think we would have addressed anyway. Um, and and it, it, it's regarding Metroid Dread. Um, you know, and, and look, like we've said many times on this, on this show, uh, the things we love won't, won't, and won't get better unless we criticize them. Right. Like, like you can't be relentlessly positive about everything you love. And it came to light today that not everybody who worked on Metroid Dread was credited, uh, by Mercury Steam. So I, I looked a little, I, I looked a bit into this and looks like the policy is, is if you did not work at least, I, I think it was like um, the wording was, it's you know, twenty five percent of the total of the total time. development time. Then your name is not in the credits, and that's fucking bullshit. Which is also a really weird metric because they're measuring it by development time. It's like, what is that like? Yeah, yeah like twenty five percent. Like it doesn't even talk about what you actually contributed. Well, it's, it's like, just, yeah, yeah, so you're telling me, so you're telling me if the game was in development for three years and I worked on it for seven months of my fucking life. I don't get credit. Like, what do you? Because it's like, does that count pre-production? Does that count like? And also contract work. Like, if somebody was just contracted (laughs) to do some artwork or something. Like, yeah, no, it's it's such bullshit, and it's also pretty obvious. Like, when you see the credits of this game, there's a lot of like categories where there's like one, maybe two people listed. Well, and yeah, this is a 2D game and probably lower budget than stuff, but like. There's no way some of these categories only had one person working on them. Well, There's just no way. It it like it stands out as being wildly obvious, and it's really just like this is just the not crediting stuff. And th- this is a really common thing in the industry. I don't know yeah. if like Mercury Steam, Mercury Steam policy yeah, is widespread. Um, yeah, it's, it's. I'm not sure how it goes. I know some places like just if you're if you leave before the game ships. You're not so, in there. So I actually something. I actually know somebody who worked on Metroid Dread and was not credited. And you guys all know him too. And you know, I, I, I could I knew about this the day it was announced because he told me, and that's Don. Um, our friend Nintendon, uh, who's been on the show a few times. Um, he was a Q he was a QA tester for Metroid Dread. Um, well, QA gets fucked all the time. Yeah, and, too. and 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 he was the one who told he he told me like the like the day it was announced he was like you know yeah been been you know been doing this and uh, you know for him not to get credit like he's the fucking he like QA guys are the reason this game run like they're the reason games run as well as they do or as well as they don't do because you know the, these guys it's their job to make sure that your game ships. In, in in a in in a playable fucking state. That's what quality assurance is all about. It's ensure it literally ensuring the quality of your fucking game. And you have the gall to not credit them. Like And just just to go a little bit beyond that, especially with QA, John, like I I know you know this, it's more for people who don't maybe, is that it's not just we're not just talking about not being credited in the game's credits. Like QA uh, there's other departments too, but anyone who's considered a contractor, first of all, they're not considered an employee of the company. Uh, they're treated differently. We've heard stories. I think, I don't know if it might've been Rockstar or someone where uh, they aren't even uh, given access to the same building, which uh, I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's just logistics because they're not employee. They don't have the same access cards. They don't have this access to the same areas, the same lunchrooms. Uh, like they're literally just complete outsiders. Um, and it's just, 
QA crunch is is even yeah. worse than what yeah. you hear of oh, from absolutely. with the core dev teams. A lot of friends um, in QA too. I, it's I, ridiculous. I want to add an addendum because this is something I found out afterwards. Um, because last week I talked about how um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the studio name. Uh, Chris, wait, not Crystal Dynamics. Was it Eidos? Eidos Montreal is moving to thir- the four day work weeks. That specifically excludes QA in that. It, it's the core dev team that get, gets that privilege. But um, unfortunately, that is not extended to QA. So like that, like QA is a whole nother issue. But like in general, I mean, I, the not crediting thing is just so stupid. Like, just just put their name in the credits. Who cares? It's text. Like, well, what are you what are you what are you concerned about? People, like you, you paid them already, right? Like, yeah, you yeah, paid them. Like, you you, put, you paid like, them. Let let them just have their name yeah. here at the end. Credit everyone who contributes a fucking minute of their time well, this to the is, game. What this cost is just, you? This is just one more. This like it, it feels like over the past year, especially, we've had all these just these shitty revelations about the gaming industry, um, from sexual harassment to ramp, rampant abuse. Know, well, forever. Well, I know, but it, but it, it feels it, it it feels like over the past year, it's it's like amped up, right? Like no, it's no, been, you know what it, you know what it was? It was the. It, it was like Jason Schreier reporting on Rockstar's Crunch that sort of broke the. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. like that moment that was like what three years ago now. Yeah, um, like that sort of broke. It was a straw that broke the camel's back, right? I agree. And yep. then gaming had all these other stories about Crunch. There was like its own mini Me Too movement. Then there was the big Me Too movement. Now we're kind of back. Now we're on like talking about uh, <laughs> stuff like credits, stuff like um. Like you said, Justin, the um, the 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 working schedule. Now it's just coming back even bigger, right? This is so especially think- egregious too, CJ, because like it yeah. costs you fucking nothing to just put a name in the credits of the game. Yeah, like, like that's the thing. You like, technically pay you again. You pay like, these people. Put the like, credits kick- Kickstarter games on a shoestring budget put in the backers' names. Yeah, I I, I mean, I contributed fucking five dollars to a game. I got a, like keychain and my names in the credits, and you can't credit someone who worked for five months, like. 10 hours a day on a game. I would also, love. Have you seen how long credits are in AAA games these yeah, days? Yeah, they're like 10 they're like, minutes they're fucking like 45 long. 45 minutes long. Dude, they put their dogs' names in the games. Yeah. How many fucking games <laughs> have you fucking played that, like, oh, here are all the pets, yeah, all the babies like, born, all the, the babies born? Yeah. Like, like here's, how many fuck, here's, how many, think, here's how many turkey fucking sandwiches we ate during dev time. Exactly. Like, exactly. Assassin's Creed Origins and Watch Dogs Legion credits were straight up over an hour long. I'm not even joking. It was just insane. Which is great that they're crediting those people. But, like, you know, why? Again, who's it hurting? (laughs) I mean, you know, like, look, I'm one of those guys who usually, like, unless I know there's something after the credits, I will, like, pause the game and press whatever button I need to to get through the credits, right? Like, but, but, but that's not the point. It's not for me. It's for that person who fucking worked, like Jeff said, 14 hours a fucking day crunching for six months on this goddamn game, you know, 100 hours a week, you know, only to only only to only be told, yeah, sorry, sorry for working what in six months, what most people do in two years. We really appreciate it, but sorry, you didn't fucking work long enough. 
and and, and so like, and so we couldn't be bothered be- to type your name into the fucking credits like like it's not for us it's it's not for us it's for them it's it's for people and it's just the smallest fucking thing for to to let somebody who fucking slaved on this game to to play through it and then after at, when you hit the credits on this amazing fucking game and you and and you watch those names scroll down that person can say like look at me that's me like like there's my fucking name i was involved in this fucking masterpiece of a game that everybody loves and i had something to do with it the, and also and- i mean uh, on another layer too like i mean again i think it's just a petty thing that a lot of these studios do but like also i mean it can be difficult like if you're if you're trying to apply for a job and say there was a game that came out, you know, several mm-hmm. years before um, that you worked on and but you're not credited in it, you know, yeah, you that could be the tough invoice like, or the pay stub. There's yeah. no proof. Yeah, there's no fucking like, trace. Well, especially with everything happening, like like right now, it's it's more important right now than it ever has been because, uh, you know, for the past 19 fucking months for everyone have been just an absolute fucking shit show nightmare, right? We've got a global pandemic. People have been, people have not been able to fucking have, have regular human contact for the better part of a year and a half. Um, you know, people's, people's spirits are at an all time low. People's mental health is at an all time fucking low. And it's not asking too fucking much to, to take somebody who worked a hundred hours a week for, for even fucking a month a month to, to, to take the five fucking seconds it takes to put somebody's name into the credits and give them that gratification. Like, like it's not even a, like, like it, like how fucking demoralizing must that be for somebody to, to work that hard for something and be given no fucking credit for it. And it's not just, and I, I can't remember who point, it might've been Jeff who pointed it out. It's not just a fucking uh, mercury steam problem. This apparently is a problem that is endemic throughout the entire fucking industry. And I, 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 mm-hmm. I for the life of me, like, like we, we sit here and we joke about how there's a lot of problems at Ubisoft and there are right. Like there's a ton, there's a ton of fucking problems at Ubisoft, but at the same time, their credits are fucking hour long. It, it, again, like their credits are an hour long and they don't crunch their employees. It's like, like everyone wants to everyone. Like, like it, admittedly, there's a lot of issues, especially now. But everyone wants to bitch and moan at these major studios like EA and Ubisoft. You know what I'm saying? But they treat their employees fine for the most part. Like, yeah, it's like a, EA, EA, I have heard like mm-hmm. across it's the board, e- across the board, I have heard EA is pretty strictly enforced 40 hour work weeks. Um, and it's funny because they, yeah. EA was so often voted like the most hated company. Exactly. Yeah, the worst yeah. company in the world. Like, <laughs> on like top employers yeah. lists because because, because people don't like EA Sports big. As 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 we've learned, listen, you can you can treat employees as badly as you want. You can crunch them. You can misgender people. You can be racist and everything. But as long as you don't make gamers mad, you're you're safe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No one at, at the end of the day, who's gonna care about? Um, credits in a game, right? I mean, uh-huh. we will, like, truly, but, but 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 not enough people will, you know, like yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So that, that that's 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 the thing. It's like, yeah, we, we can shit on these major the like, AAA devs, and we should because they're all fucking terrible. But at the same time, it's like give credit where it's due. Like, why is a Nintendo like enforcing? Well, it's not even a Nintendo issue. It's a fucking yeah, it's a Mercury Steam uh, issue. Yeah, yeah. Like, like why aren't like again these these devs not like 
across like you like across the board just like you know doing better by their employees no matter how it's small well, and, they, and like they, they, it's like you might think that for people like us who are actually who like who know devs and who are friends with devs like you know oh well you're just saying this because you know you're close to the issue no like it's it's a it's a it's, it's common fucking courtesy thing. like it's right like cj yes empathy is a much better word that's a much better term like you know cj if you came to me and you said and i didn't know you and you said man i worked for 100 hours a week writing this article and you know and and yeah, I, I had to edit myself and and and, and and you know what they I I or like I was contributed to it right and I, yeah. I wrote like five fucking paragraphs but I wasn't the primary author and the article was several pages long so I didn't get credited I didn't get credited for it only the primary author did that's the same fucking thing exactly it's 100%. The, there there is no facet of this industry that um that that's um kind to its uh mm-hmm. its employees I think. At, at the end it's like but consumers and shareholders get the the sort of uh the, the better end of the deal right at the end of the day anyone who's buying a game will be will be happy right mm-hmm. they're gonna, they'll be fine they're yeah. not going to look at the credit like you said john most people are going to skip the credits right it's not for us it's for the people credits, who made the game <laughs> like yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it's for the people who, who create this thing or create a product you know what i'm saying it, 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 it is and it, what it, what what blows my fucking mind about it cj is that if not for fucking like you know Joe Smith who did work for five months for a hundred hours, we wouldn't have these fucking games. Like, 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 and it to me with every new revelation about this industry that we love, it's a fucking wonder that we have video games at all. Like, because I mean, with I mean, with everything we learn, whether it's people not being given credit for the work they've done, or women being abused, or blatant fucking racism, and you know, sexual harassment. Like, why the fuck would anybody stay in this industry other than other than I just want to share something I love with like minded people? And and that says something about that says something wonderful about the people who make the games that we sit here and consume. And it says something fucking terrible about the industry that they work for. Yeah. And and like we can uh-huh. we can all everybody on this podcast and everybody listening to the show right now we all love games but but the next time you fire up an awesome video game like Metroid Dread or or you know any other game that you love remember do not forget you never lose your sense of outrage that that there are massive fucking problems with this industry that we love. And if we don't speak up about it, then nothing is going to happen. Maybe nothing will happen anyway. But wouldn't you rather? Wouldn't you rather speak up and and try to affect change than not do anything at all? Because it's not fucking fair. It is not fair. Like, you know, we sit here every week. We sit here every week, and we talk about the, we talk about video games. We talk, and we love this. We love these things. We love video games. But at the same time, there is just something rotten at the core of the industry that i love and i can't fucking stand it and i i want things to change and things are not going to fucking change if we don't speak up and make our voices heard and as the consumers who are playing these games as the people who who have a platform at all like it is our responsibility and the responsibility of other people who have similar platforms to lift your voices up and say something about it because for all the fucking amazing memories that people on these dev on these dev teams have given us, we fucking owe them something. We owe them 
we owe them the recognition that they deserve. We 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 owe them the thanks for creating these amazing fucking worlds that we sit here uh, and we inhabit every fucking day. And on and on that note, John, like not to be dis, not to dismiss, uh, you know, the the problems and stuff no, like that. Please. But I think there's, there, there's two approaches to this. Like, yes, if you have a platform, speak up, right? Um, you know, call these things out when you see them. Call call them for what they are. We know the industry has problems, but. Uh, I think we can do that and also, um, you know, look at the positives For and, sure. and kind yeah. of face the people. So, you know, yes, you know, call out uh, Ubisoft for their problems with sexual harassment in their company culture. But if you see someone on Twitter with 300 followers who, uh, you know, did some artwork for Metroid Dread, like, you know, tweet at them, send them a message, say like, hey, I really love this game. I loved uh, some of your work in this game. Anyone, right? Anyone who worked on any game in any capacity, uh, you know, people... <laughs> People working in the service industry know this, but I think people across the board know you tend to hear about your mistakes, but very rarely do you get feedback on the good things you do because it's just expected you as part of your job. Basically, if you didn't fuck up, good job. You just you did what you were supposed to do. Um, and I think a lot of times we don't get that positive reinforcement right. and that validation. And that's important to, uh, you know, uh, especially a lot of us, uh, we doubt ourselves from time to time. We wonder if we're good at what we do. Uh, we wonder if our contributions matter. So yeah, if you know someone who contributed something to something that really spoke to you or that you liked, tell them, reach out to them, you know, send them a message uh, because it can sometimes, that can make the difference if they're kind of feeling beat down by all these other problems. Um, you can be a little ray of hope in their world. And, and that's, you know, Jeff, what you said is great because you know what, as as cool as Cory Barlog is, God of War is more than Cory Barlog. Like The Last of Us is more than Neil Druckmann. Like there are real people and real faces who make these games. And, uh, you know, they, they all deserve your things. And I know guys like Corey are, are, are going to, and Neil are going to be the first ones to tell you, yeah, of course. Like, right. Like the, this isn't disparaging them, uh, in any way, shape or form. I've met Corey. He's fucking awesome. Corey's a great fucking guy, but, but, and, and I know that they would agree with me when I say that, you know, remember the fact that there are, these games are not made by one or two people. They're made by teams of people who have lives, who have families and, and, and who sometimes work 90 to a hundred hours a week to, to deliver us these experiences that have enriched us and have, you know, have in my case saved our lives, you know, like, and, and just, just take them like every time you fire that game up, remember that there are people in those credits who were not credited for creating something that you love and that should well, piss you off. Yeah, like I, you know, I think sorry, this is maybe getting a little bit too much off topic, but um, you know, I think that's the this whole topic is basically you know the human element of making these games, and I, it's very easy, especially when we get caught up in games that are really good or games that are maybe even really bad and have problems. Uh, we just see the game, right? We see the mechanics, we see the visual, but like you need to almost take a step back and like. Sounds stupid, but like the Matrix shit, where you like you don't see the code, you see the you know the visuals and stuff. Like, yeah, sit, take a step back and look beyond you know the map and the level that you're looking at and the characters and the the gameplay and see that this was a work of creation by you know 50 people, 100 people, uh, people with kids, people with families that they're supporting, people working late hours in the office. You know, don't just see the game that you're playing. Right, just try to picture what went into making this because honestly like the whole crux of what you're saying john is it's a miracle video games ever get fucking made and ever turn out like given how complex they are given how many um you know gears are in the machine how many people are, are working on these well, what's fucking nuts jeff is like you guys without talking about it too much because i don't like to talk about my career but you guys know what i do for a living 
I don't fucking work half as many hours as game developers do. And you uh-huh. guys, you guys know what I do for a living. So like it, it, it just blows my fucking mind that people aren't getting recognized for the hard work they're putting in. Um, it's, I, I don't know, like, like, well, we can move on to our next topic, but man, this is something that uh, I, I really wanted to dive into because, you know, as much as I love Metroid Dread, like that, that it just fundamentally bothers me. Um, you know, and, and, and you know what it, I was not aware of any of this until now. Like I, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know that this was a problem that is apparently rampant throughout the industry. And it really, you know what, it really makes me think twice. It makes me want to think twice before I skip through those credits, you know, like, uh-huh. like, and it's, it's, you know, it's small, but I, I probably owe the devs. Uh, the the five minutes or even an hour it takes for me to look at the credits and be like, thanks guys, thank 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 you to each and every one of you for 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 letting me experience this, for working for years, uh, so I could play a ten hour game. I mean, think about that, right? Like people who worked up for years on this aren't getting credited, and we finished it in ten hours. It's just fucking nuts. It it should piss everybody off. Um, there is another topic that we were asked to, to discuss tonight because again slow news week so this is kind of a, a kind of a community driven episode and I, i'm actually i'm still really impressed that we managed to make it through what like 20 25 minutes of the podcast talking about gorillas um that's still super impressive never, never again you still, made me hate something i love so much Sean. wait i didn't realize you love gorillas that much i fucking love gorillas i genuinely <laughs> so do. no wonder justin, you don't want me to beat up a gorilla justin, you love them no the thing is john you're fucking disparaging Fucking gorillas by think like by by, by saying that you can, <laughs> your hubrisful costume. I tweeted that out. <laughs> you're CJ's, a foolish man. CJ's gonna send a fucking gorilla to my house. Watch, he's he's. I gonna... will fucking yeah. Listen, I'll go to the zoo. I'm gonna write a note. Be like, look, this is dude. I do a podcast with. All right, same. Thing. <laughs> he talks a lot of shit. I don't want you, you know, to kill him. Fine. Just rough him up a little bit. Just rough him up. You know what I'm saying? Just Teach, like you know, knock some trash cans over in his house like a fucking mobster. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like, I don't know, leave him like key is cut, like put a dent in his hood or yeah, something, exactly, you know, like, exactly. yeah. Exactly. CJ, I can absolutely see you doing that. Clever, <laughs> clever. I'm onto your games, finding, man. Finding, finding, finding a way to communicate with the girl. The, uh, so there's something else that we wanted to talk about tonight, and that is the Switch OLED, the SWOLED. Um, uh, is 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 finally out. Came out last Friday. Uh, not quite the Switch Pro that everybody had been swearing up and down that that was coming. At the same time, um, an upgrade to the vanilla Switch nonetheless. And the new things uh, present in the Switch OLED. The upgrades present in the Switch OLED are one, of course, a uh, seven-inch screen uh, all around, uh, which is 0.8 inches bigger around than the 6.2-inch screen that the original Switch had. Uh, it comes in two colors, the classic blue and red, and then a very slick white and black, which is what I got. Um, the dock, I can tell you right now, as, and uh, uh, as somebody who... Yep, look at that. Jeff's got his... Uh, Jeff, there you go. Jeff is our, our model for the uh, for the Switch OLED right there. And, and Jeff, you know what struck me? about the screen that you've got one like look at that so the oled screen when it's off is just as inky black as the blacks in whatever game you're playing so like if you are playing for example like uh, an old nes game and i tried this out like castlevania right there's normally like a visible gray border on the older switch around the game but on the switch oled it's just pitch black 
and it 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 looks so much better. Like Jeff, you tell me what you think, but like looking at the new screen, whether it's off or it's on, makes me look at the other switch and go like, how the fuck did it ever ship with this screen? Like, how did this even happen? Yeah, I mean the whole the screen looks really good. I don't know what else to say that anyone else hasn't said. It, it looks great. Um, you know, it's vibrant and it's got deep blacks. I think the uh, things that impress me the most. Uh, it's not just the screen, it's the build quality. It's the glass instead of the plastic. It's heavier. Um, it's just, it fucking feels solid. It's this nice, proper kickstand on the back that actually works. Yes. This is the other thing that always the, fell over. Yeah, uh, the kickstand thing is actually, like, one of the things that I would actually be kind of interested in because... It's a massive I, I have it. I have issues with, like, getting cramps. Or, like, hold on, cramps. Oh, my God, my finger is, like, jammed. But it's, like... It's like way more comfortable for me to use the pro controller and like, mm -hmm. but the kickstand mode is basically unusable <laughs> on the, on the launch. Well, switch. I mean, and it's like, just so a, like it it's, like it it's a strip of cool plastic on the launch switch. Yeah. Um, one thing that still bugs me about the configuration of the switch OLED and something I was hoping they would fix with that awesome new kickstand they didn't is that the switch port or the charging port is still on the bottom, which renders it essentially unable to charge while it's in uh, kickstand mode. Um, mm -hmm. which is kind of a pain in the ass. I don't use that mode a lot, uh, be, but but I, always, I I don't use it ever, to be honest, but I also don't have the, I don't have the issue with my hands that Justin or Jeff do. So, so th that to me is a little unfortunate. Um, what, what, so, go ahead, Jeff, please. No, I was going to say my uh, other favorite thing with Sean talks, but I guess I know, uh, you know, there's been, I think two revisions of the mm -hmm. switch before this or, or one, but I, you know, I'm coming from a launch model switch, uh, so this is my first experience with the new one. The battery is so much better. It is. Yep. The one barely lasts two hours. I can easily get like five hours out of this thing or more. Um, you know, it actually feels usable as a portable. My other one, I'd play like, I swear I'd play 30 minutes of Animal Crossing and I'd get like a low battery warning. Which is weird, and Jeff, because you would figure with the brighter screen and the more vibrant colors and the deeper mm -hmm. blacks, you would figure it, and the, it would be more of a power draw. Well, it's OLED is every... actually... OLED is actually a bit more energy efficient specifically because of like if because if it's showing black, those pixels are off. Interesting. OK, so it, it like I mean, I think in general it's more efficient, but that's like kind of like a major efficiency thing because I did not know that. Yeah. Um, it I, I do not have a switch oh. OLED, but um, I I've been a, you know, I'm very interested in display tech in general, and OLED is a phenomenal, phenomenal technology that I think because the name is so similar <laughs> to LED um, and various marketing things, like people haven't really been able to get communicate, like get good communication on what benefits it actually brings, um, especially for gaming. So it's really awesome to see like a device as mainstream as the Switch finally get this upgrade where people can easily see the benefits um i think i think a lot of people are finally able to understand what makes this such a great technology which that's very exciting for me so uh, there's something else that actually got like a huge upgrade uh, and it feels far more premium than i was expecting that is the dock um when i pulled the dock out of the out of the out of the box i would like i immediately like 
the old dock, the OG dock felt like literally, it was literally like a piece of plastic housing in HDMI port. Like that's, that's essentially what it was, right? This feels much more premium. The corners are nice and rounded as opposed Doesn't to- Doesn't it also have a, um, an ethernet port? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It has an ethernet port. Ridiculous. And, <laughs> and like it ridiculous that the, the original switch dock did not have one. Um, mm-hmm. And, it wasn't ridiculous at the time because, you know, Nintendo. Yeah, they're, I, I think they're, they're still figuring out the internet. So <laughs> so here's the other thing, though, CJ. So it has been confirmed that this stock is also 4K, is also 4K ready. Um. So now, of so course, now, of course, the I, Switch, the Switch I OLED th- cannot handle 4K visuals, obviously. Um. I, I, I have I, a theory on that. Go ahead. That I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed by, but it makes sense. I think just at this point, that old kind of HDMI that, you know, the like HDMI 1.4 or whatever that the switch has isn't really being manufactured anymore. Um, right. So it's probably just easier to get a proper HDMI 2.0. Cause I mean, also like PS five series <laughs> X series S um, and new TVs are like on to HDMI 2.1 now, um, which is actually a very different spec uh, than 2.0. Um, so I think it's probably just, a supply sourcing benefit mm. more so than anything else. So, uh, or this confirms the Switch Pro and it's an actual real thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, what I'll what I'll say is this: like, like Nintendo is obviously working on another console simply because, like, these things enter the planning and development stage when the mm-hmm. the old consoles release. Um, so they're working on something else, and they, of course, like you know, and again, CJ mentioned Nintendo logic, so don't take this with like a 100 certainty. But you would figure that they are locked into the hybrid model now because it's been such a huge success for them. Um, which, to be honest, I, I don't think they're going back to a single console and a single dedicated that's, handle. Like, that's I, so interesting. I because part of me wants, part of me wants like the dedicate. I want Nintendo to come back to like, not uh, g- me. give me like their. I really do. I I I, I want that GameCube era Nintendo where they're like on par with every other console but for even surpassing right but i mean i I think those days are done like like i I know nintendo has realized that they don't need to compete with sony and microsoft um and uh, i can like i can um but what i will say is i also don't think that you're going to see when I say that Nintendo, and this is why I think they are working on a more powerful version of the Switch, I don't necessarily think it's a Switch Pro. Um, but what I think is going to happen is you're not going to see like a Switch 2. You know, like how like eventually there's going to be a PlayStation 6 or like an Xbox, whatever the fuck they're going to call it, some numerical. But I think the Switch going forward is going to be more of an, more of an Apple iPhone type of incremental upgrade. They're just going to release new versions of the Switch. Uh, you know, like, you know, okay, this switch is, uh, this switch is a little more powerful and it's got, it's got a faster processor and it's got 4k, but it's still a Nintendo switch and all of your games that worked on the switch will work on this one. And and so on and so forth. DS and the 3ds and stuff like that, right? The light and the accent, like that's their model. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and I can see that, yeah. And and now that now that the Switch, it, like now that the Nintendo console can be either like a a box that sits under your television or something you take with you, like they, I think you know they they are going to use what Jeff said, right? Like that DS model or even like an iPhone model, like I said, for like you know, like it's always going to be called the Switch. Like you know, we're not going to change the fucking name because you know at this point, like the name has huge. 
And that's the difference between the Wii U and the Switch, right? It's like nobody knew what the fuck the Wii U was when it when it, when they announced. Yeah, it, it, it should have been called the Wii Two. Yeah, like, it should have made a billion yeah. dollars like, immediately. Yeah. It was called like, the Wii Two. People thought it yeah, was a fucking I mean, controller. Like, I well, mean, yeah, because I mean, especially like the Wii U's naming thing. I know. People have joked about it, like, especially with Xbox and stuff, about how confusing the names and stuff could be. But, like, the Wii U is a specific situation where the Wii got a ton of various add-ons, different controllers, different accessories and stuff. And it appealed to, like, a much more casual, less less plugged-in audience. So, like, that, that, that confusion actually made, like, it makes sense looking at the Wii U because... Yeah, it wasn't really a huge like, change look at, aside like, from the everyone tablet. was like, "Oh yeah, everyone's gonna be confused by the One X." I'm like, "No, the the One X is it it it's what everyone thought the Wii U was." And I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, precisely. And uh, you know, I, I I the safe money. You know, we talk about Nintendo logic. The safe money, I think, is on Nintendo sticking with a hybrid model because Nintendo is Nintendo wants to make money. Like, I mean, they're they're like every other corporation. They're all about fucking making money, and this makes them fucking money. <laughs> um, and so what I think you're going to see going forward is I think I think in 2023, I don't think it'll be next year, but I think in 2023, I don't I, you could forget calling it like a switch pro or it's not going to be a switch pro what it is going to be super switch it's, it's it, or switch like call it the switch advance like that would be a great fucking name for it. Oh, but, hell yeah, but I'd fucking love that. Um, but whatever it is, uh, they're going to they're going to market it as hey, look, it is a Nintendo switch. All those games, like Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, all those games that came out the first year, the Switch launch in 2017, they will all play on. They, they're they all going to be playable here. All this will do is it will output these games in 4K and they might run a little better. Um, and you will get incremental updates like that. And people will fucking buy them. Um, I just hope... One, one thing I do hope is that like the next model of the Switch <laughs> like carries over... like. A lot of, like Jeff was talking about, like how premium the Switch OLED feels. It feels premium as fuck. I hope that carries forward because, like, that's something that Nintendo has has a very bad habit of doing with their handhelds. Yeah, Um, because it's like because and like I mean, it's part of their business model. Like, is the the launch model is right here? I mean, (laughs) it is CJ. It is your fucking price. Like, no, no, man. Like, no, it is. You're right. Like, I got fucking ripped off here. This is a fucking toy. Why is my fucking it's like a fucking leapfrog thing? What the fuck? Like you know, like the, the, leapfrog. <laughs> but, the, but the switch, but the switch when it, when it first launched, unlike the Wii U, it felt like an actual piece of tech. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? CJ, well, have you I mean, I have you held even, a Switch OLED? No, dude. It feel like Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you tell me what you think, but man, dude, it feels like an expensive, premium yeah, piece I, of tech. It looks like, like it. I hope they can. I hope they carry that forward um because i mean a big part of nintendo's business model especially with their handhelds is a lot of various releases that just get more and more premium there was like the dsi the dsi uh, xl is still one of the greatest feeling console handhelds of all time and stuff like that yeah Yeah. i really i really hope they kind of continue iterating on that build quality the 2ds the 2ds xl felt better than the 3ds xl um it felt better to hold it felt better to play I still um, want one so badly. I don't think you understand. CJ, I'll, oh. uh, CJ, I've got two. I'll send you one. Um, but no, I'll send you one. I've got two. I'm not using one of them. Um, but 
Do you want to move to our last topic, John? Well, well, well real quick, the, 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 the one last thing I wanted to say about the Switch OLED is that when I say premium, like, you guys know how the original Switch had those, like, you know, the Joy-Con wobble? Like, you would attach the Joy-Cons to the unit, and they wobble. <laughs> That's not here. Yo, mine fly right I, out. I, yeah, I, I, like, I'm not using... Okay, I have, like, a case that has grips on it um, because that helps with my wrist pain. But if I do not put my switch in that case my left joy-con just flies right the fuck off <laughs> i i bought that shit with like two like uh with scholarship money like extra scholarship <laughs> money um like the year it came out because i found one in target like months after oh it released and that shit when i put when i when i clicked the joy cons one of them felt loose I'm like oh my god my mom was right why the fuck did i buy this shit <laughs> um, yeah, i was fucking they, worried i don't think it was they fucking so so if you are familiar with that Joy-Con uh wiggle when you attach the Joy-Cons and they kind of wop like they don't feel secure, that is not present with the Switch OLED. Like it feels like a fucking unit when you snap those Joy-Cons in. Like there is very little movement on those Joy-Cons. Like like and even even like, you know, all that fucking flavor text in the back, you know, like all like, you know, made in whatever, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. All like all the stuff that's printed on the back of the original Switch, that's all gone. It's underneath the um it's underneath Ooh. the kickstand so so the back of the is uh jeff can you hold that up you've got your switch OLED. can you hold up the back of it thank you vanna so so, so yeah so look at this cj it's all gone all that text on the back but is gone that's like you were saying it's the iphone thing yeah it's it, it's, it's it's like like if, if you have an iphone a new iphone especially there's nothing on that but the logo jeff is doing a really good if, job with that by the way he's he's, he's, he's very good at that yeah bro looking at this shit with disgust then, look at that the fucking text yeah <laughs> See, I'll say I miss the ergonomics of the light so bad. That's the only switch that I can actually like play for extended periods in handheld without well, getting fucking. The thing clubs. is, so so what happened is I own an original one. I had to sell it because I needed some money. Um, so I bought this in the middle of the pandemic because I'm like, well, I play most of my games like seventy thirty handheld, right? Ultimately, I got beat most of my games in handheld. Um, so I'm like, I wanted this specifically for the D pad because I play a lot of two D platformers. Um, and I like it, but then now I sort of miss, like, I can't play an RPG on this. I can't play, <laughs> I miss playing Smash. Like, re I really miss playing Smash. I can't play with this control set. I need a game controller. So I'm just like, eh, all right, well, I guess I gotta buy an OLED. <laughs> I mean, I, I, one thing I will say, and Jeff, and after this, we will move into our final topic for the night. Um, but I, I, I've had a few people ask me. If I have a switch right now, and it is important to mention this, if you're if you're going to talk about like, you know, an OLED review and OLED impressions, this is important to mention. It's a good thing to close on. Um, if you have a switch, do you need to switch OLED? No. Um, it's a it's 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 beautiful. And yeah, the 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 switch OLED screen itself looks amazing. I'm somebody who plays his games 99% undocked in handhelds. I love handheld Nintendo consoles. I don't ever dock this fucking thing. I I rarely ever docked my fucking original Switch. Um, if you are somebody who plays, if you have an original Switch and you are somebody who plays primarily docked, this will do nothing for you. What about um, me? What's that? Someone. So what about me? Someone who loves like hand, like who prefers it handheld for like you know what I'm saying. Do you have a launch Switch, CJ. Do you have a launch Switch? I don't have. It. I so, so, I if have a light. so if you've he just got a light, light he, this is a massive upgrade. If you if you just have a light, this is a massive fucking upgrade, and it's okay. probably worth mm -hmm. it. Um, simply because I mean, dude, like you know, I mean, I, I don't know the the actual like measurements of the switch light screen, but the um, what's that? It's smaller it, than the original switch. Smaller, which I mean, so it's smaller, which means it is a smaller <laughs> screen, but it actually has I think higher pixel density. Like 
Um, because of the smaller screen, things tend to look a little bit sharper sometimes. But uh, using coming from a Switch Lite, which I traded in to get this, uh, I think the big screen outweighs that. I do, um, too. It's just, uh, yeah. yeah, like, like, I, well, I, I, and also just the quality of the screen. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it, it, I mean, the screen. I mean, I mean, the screen is a massive. It's, it's, it's 100 glass. It's not plastic like the other, it's not like the Switch Lite or oh, the regular shit, Switch. Really? Yeah. Um, it, uh-huh. uh, it, it is. I, I will say this, and it is unequivocally the most beautiful handheld console I have, I have ever played, and I've played them all. Um, that said. Uh, one, if you've, if, if you, if you have a dockable switch already and you've got like an OLED television and you don't ever undock your switch, this will do nothing for you. It's a waste of your money. It's a waste of your time. Um, if you have a switch, a regular switch and you play it undocked all the time, it's a, it's a nice upgrade, but it's by no means what I would say is essential at all. If you play, if you have a switch light then this is going to make then this would be a massive fucking step up um and it would make i mean i mean when you like i'll I'll tell you this my wife who doesn't play video a lot of video games and when she does it's just normally playstation she saw because i traded in my og switch for the for the oled without even seeing them side by side she looked at the oled and she went holy shit like like it was visibly that much better to her without a side-by-side comparison like it's it's definitely noticeable um so so cj really it it's uh, my plan is like either get a low lead or just get the model two switch for like just take the break i mean if you don't have a dockable if you don't have a dockable switch i would say you might as well just get the oled because it's fifty dollars more yeah and well and if i could find one Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think by the I think by the end of the year, you won't have too yeah, much of a problem finding hopefully. one uh, because I do expect that sometime next year, this will phase out the original switch and this will just be the switch. Yeah. Kind of um, like the model two did. Exactly. That, that, right. That better model. Yep. The red box. one. Yep. Exactly. Um, that's what I that's what I think you can expect with this. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully that kind of broke it down for you, CJ. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no, Switch OLED. I, I, I love it. Jeff, did you want to kick us off on our, into our final topic? Um, yeah, we still had 15 minutes left. So yeah, the other one we, uh, someone dropped in our, our podcast chat was, uh, I, you know, with, with, I guess, Metroid Dread, I don't know where, you know, I don't think we really care where the conversation started. Uh, but we're going to put our own take on it. But, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, what Nintendo notoriously uh, prices their games at 60 US dollars mm. and they really drop. And that spans everything from a game like Breath of the Wild, which you can put 200 hours into easily, to a game like Metroid Dread, which you can finish, uh, you know, in six or seven hours. Oh, and less than that if you if you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm at almost 14, but yeah, you know, so, uh, but it's interesting. I don't think, uh, I'm not trying to speak for everyone. I think I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. I think there's a lot of interesting opinions on, you know, uh, I guess the how do we attribute value to games? What makes a game valuable? How do price tags factor into that? Um, and kind of what's the what's a nice balance between the two? And how do we explore that relationship? I know. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. CJ, you go ahead. No, no, man. Go ahead. OK, so I know for me, like the initial price tag is less of a problem than just literally no the literally no sales ever that Nintendo does, because there's a lot of games that they put out um that i would like to try but i don't know if i'll like them or uh i'll 
um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to try out because of, you know, for experimentation's sake that, you know, paying full price for something I'm less sure if I'm going to like is more of an issue. Um, and in Nintendo's case, I like never get to them. Whereas on other platforms, it's like I wait a couple months and, you know, can find them for half off, which I, which, you know, I'm much more inclined to pick them up and try them out. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just a tough thing. Cause I know for me, if it's something I know I'll like, like if we're going to talk about Metroid, I will absolutely pay full price for a Metroid game. I bought the Amiibos. I don't, I don't yeah, me buy too. any Amiibos, but I'm like, I'm buying the ones for Metroid. Are you kidding me? Um, so, uh, but like, I know for me, um, you know, a big example for me I th- that I think, you know, this debate's come out, up a lot is like, I really love like single player first person shooters. I will absolutely pay full pr- price for them. However, they're becoming more and more rare and a lot of people are fine are fine and there's more and more free to play options for first person shooters than ever. Um and a lot of them are multiplayer focused and stuff, but people like Battlefield has been kind of singled out. Like it's a multiplayer only game that is $60 when a lot of their competition is going to be free to play. Um, and so like, that's become, that's become kind of like a big, um, a big discussion point for that. Um, because you know, this is a big triple a game. It's something that people, I mean, the series has been around for nearly 20 years. Like it's something people have never had a problem paying full price for before, but all of a sudden now we are getting more people like, well, I can just play Warzone and that's free. So, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days, actually. Um, you know, and I know that a lot of this, uh, a lot of this discourse about value in games got kicked off by that dumbass tweet, which I, I, which I regret quote tweeting because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's what the guy fucking wanted. He's just looking for attention. But, but, you know, like this whole thing got started off by some idiot saying, you know, I wouldn't, I'd like, look at this trash. I wouldn't pay $60 for a 2d side scrolling game. So, you know, I paid $30 for CrossCode last year, which is like a fucking 90-hour game. And I was happy to do it. I would have happily paid $60 for it. Um, I paid $60 for Metroid, which is, a you know, I put about 10 hours in my first playthrough. This is a game I was waiting for for 19 years uh, for a franchise that, from a franchise that I love. It's one of my favorites. Um, I was completely satisfied. It, it, was, it was the game. It was worth the wait for me. Um, you know whether or not it's worth the wait for you well that's up to you. that's up for you to decide but uh, you know don't let anybody tell you that you are wrong for spending for feeling satisfied with or justified in spending $60 for a 10 or even a 2 hour game if it's a beautiful fucking experience that moved you and and you walk away from it smiling and you think to yourself what a what a what a what an amazing fucking 2 hours i just spent like, there are like people more power to who- you like there are people who pay like sixty to play Call of Duty for the campaigns only. They get their five or six hour beautiful, yeah. like you know, what I'm saying action movie campaign, and they're done. Right? Like to them, well, it's worth the, it. These same people will take you know their family four to the movies and spend fucking seventy dollars on movie tickets and popcorn for like you an hour and a half. Worth. Like you get your money's worth. Yeah. yeah did exactly. you do? Do you feel like you got your money's worth? Okay, great. Yeah, like I'm not gonna fucking judge you for that. Um, I, one thing I. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I just you know I. Uh, I agree with all that stuff. I just want to uh, say that there is also another angle to this, and I think it gets overlooked because sometimes this is in bad faith. You know, we, 
I'm not going to say whether we should attribute value to games like based strictly on how many hours you can get out of it. Yeah. Uh, but I think it is valid, especially, um, you know, I'm pretty privileged. I have a house and a car and I can drop six. Well, I can drop $90, which is what uh, Metroid costs here on a game that's going to last me 10 hours. And there are people who can only afford to buy one or two games a year. And I don't blame them for wanting to be able to stretch that purchase yeah. for months at a time. And I understand why they might say, I don't think I can spend one of my only two game purchases here on something I'm going to finish in a weekend. I want something that I can get 300 hours of, and that's valid. I think where we just don't want to cross the line is we can acknowledge that without diminishing the accomplishments of these games or diminishing the quality of these games and say, hey, this game looks great. And this game is wonderful. And this game is probably worth this price. It's just personally not what I'm going to spend my money on because I'm looking for something that I can, you know, kind of dedicate my life to. I know for sure, Jeff. I I, think there's a huge balance between mm -hmm. like, I don't want game developers to devalue um, their own games. Like, which is why I think I don't have as much of an issue with release prices as I do without ever going on sale because with like, you know, if you have a high release price, whatever, like the team needs to get paid. I have heard stories, especially from smaller teams, um, like some double A and indie teams. They've priced their games lower because their games were automatically going to be perceived lower than like some triple A games. And because they priced it low, they didn't make as much money if they need. And like so. But I think sales and stuff are great. You know, the subscription services, I mean, even just like, you know, even PlayStation Plus dropping a few games every month um can let people pick them up but like when you're talking about the money thing last year i was unemployed you know for quite some time and i remember early on i picked up the like i got the gold edition of assassin's creed odyssey for like uh 30 bucks that's the base game and all the dlc like that is the best unemployed person game purchase i have ever played so like (laughs) So, well, and there's something to that, right? Like, like people, people don't understand it. And, you know, not to sound condescending here, but there are a lot of people who, there are a lot of people who are not as involved in the industry as us and other content creators are who don't understand that $60 is almost always never enough to cover the development costs of most triple A games. Like $60 is fucking lowballing it. Um, which is why you see like, you know, season passes and DLC and you know, like they're they're you know, $60 is not enough in most cases for most triple A games to recoup how much it costs for them to make the fucking game. Like uh, they make most of their money off like, you know, publishing deals with, you know, you know, major publishers like, you know, Bethesda or Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo. Like that's where, that's where the real money is made. Or the microtransactions um, in a lot of games. So, exactly. Like, right. Yeah, like, 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 Call of Duty's like, not, Call of Duty's yeah. not going to make their money in, on those, like on the $60 for sure. No long term. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 it's the same reason that, you know, consoles are almost always sold at a loss almost always sold at a loss especially in the first several years because because charging 300 350 499 for a brand new console and launch year is not enough to recoup how much it costs to actually make the fucking console yeah, how much it costs to develop it more, oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's why we're seeing more digital so you know options for digital only consoles that are sold at a lower cost um like Spoiler alert, removing the disk drive from the PS5 doesn't lower the cost of that thing by $100 yeah, to manufacture. Like, but you're, 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 
then heavily invested into the digital ecosystem, and Sony gets a cut of everything that you buy off of the store. Right. That that that's that's the pricing scheme behind. <laughs> and you know, to to kind of piggyback off what you guys are saying about you know, you know, not to diminish a a game for you know for being less like like for me, it's not about money. It, it it's not about how much a game costs. It's about the experience that game left with me and it's about the memories I take away from that game and whether or not I had fucking fun. I have, I have spent $60 on games that I played for 30 hours and I'm like, wow, that was bad. Like I, I fucking, I'm really upset that I paid $60 for that. Um, you know, there are games that I have spent $19 on that I played for three hours and I'm like, that was a fucking like Sayonara Wild Hearts is a great fucking example. I finished that game in under an hour and it was one of the most moving games. It was my runner for game of the year. It was actually, it was my game of the year, the, 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 the year it came out. And you know, it was just a really moving experience because it, it, it made me think of the struggles that my wife was going through, uh, you know, in her in personally, you know, you know, mentally and physically at the time. And it's all about the fucking impression these games leave on. That's the real value I, of I that will game. Say, so maybe my brain is broken, right? Because I'm, gonna tell, I, I'm, a, I'm someone who paid $60 at launch to buy Tropical <laughs> Freeze on Switch when everyone is telling them, you know, worth to you, it's, it's not, it, it was 100% worth it. Game's great. Masterpiece. 10 out of 10. The greatest platform. It's rules. It's Battle one of the Freeze. greatest 2D platformers of all time. It is the greatest Switch game in my opinion. Like, there is not that... That made the console for me. That's it. Great. But I'm also someone who gets a lot of games for review. So obviously my sort of my sort of view on like what's worth it. I mean, obviously I bought a lot of games. I rarely buy games full price. Um, there are very few exceptions. Tropical Freeze, Devil May Cry 5, um, things like that that are shorter. I, I feel like my purchase was like justified. I didn't mind paying that much. Uh, Doom Eternal, I bought at, at full price. Um like I, I felt like it was fine. How I, like you know the stuff like Black Ops Cold War. I paid seventy dollars for. <laughs> fucking hated that game. Um, but then, but also again, so I get a lot of games for review, um, and I mostly get you know especially AAA games. I usually get the big, you know, like Ubisoft games. I get the big deluxe edition, whatever. So it's a lot harder for me to kind of talk about what's worth it and what's not worth it, right? Because price is never a factor in that discussion. Um, but I, I will think- say. Oh, sorry. Sorry, CJ. No, no, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Good. I think there's also like this discussion, like tends to get really heated sometimes because you get people that are like really, really into games, like the people on our show, and then people that are way more casual and just buy a couple games. Right. Yeah. Like, 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 like you know. Okay, it's time to buy Call of Duty and Madden, and those are my two games for the year. For me, gaming is an actual hobby, Um, and especially the past couple years. Um, I haven't been able to go to the movies and stuff, so I'm allocated money that I normally would be spending on going to the movies, you know, towards <laughs> gaming. I'll, I'll um, take that up a notch, bro. This was a this was a career. <laughs> so I, yeah. This is like, I mean, I mean, for so, anybody watching so, the podcast live, if you look behind me, I clearly do not play games as a hobby. Like, so like, that's the thing. Like this was like in my case, this was a career. So my whole my whole mindset was, well, yeah, spending a lot now, but like, yeah, at some point, it'll all be worth it you know things happen but yeah justin i get that again like p we um we, we we're not on the same level as like the an average consumer again the person who buys call of duty madden and then the occasional outlier whether it's like a batman game or a fighting game or the big nintendo game and that's it right like it, it, it's a whole mm. other like playing field at that point and like also i mean also um like another thing is like there's different audiences and stuff like there 
like a lot of AAA games couldn't get away with super, super ridiculous microtransactions, but a lot of sports games that get a lot of these more casual players have really heavily implemented microtransaction systems in them, but people are willing to pay for them because, like, for some people, playing that particular game is a big part of what they of what they do they're not into like other things what, and spending it on other things within gaming and stuff well and it all comes back to again like like we can circle all this back to you know ultimately is is how that and not just video games like if you're spending money if you're spending money on something it doesn't matter how much money you spent or how little money you spend if you if you if you ended up loving the thing that you spent your money on and it give you an enriching fulfilling uh-huh. experience it was fucking it's worth the money it. like you know it was it was plain and simple if the next year when i am sure that the final fantasy pixel remasters are will all be bundled together and tossed out on consoles if square enix wanted to charge 120 bucks for it on switch i would buy it because those because those games mean more to me than any other video game like there were just final fantasy 6 literally saved my life when i was a suicidal teenager um and uh, I paid fifty dollars for Pro Skater One and Two, like I pre-ordered that shit. And I knew yes, how much I, and CJ, like I exactly, knew how much yeah. those games meant to you. Pro like, Skater Three gets re-released. I'm paying the full sixty if that's what it costs. You get what I'm saying? It's one of right. those things. Yeah, we all have different like levels of like. Well, and I, I mean, coming up, like you know, Battlefield's coming, you know, coming out soon, and like I'm. I'm going ahead and I'm going to buy the $90 edition of it because it includes like the year's worth of like updates as well as like a week early access. But like, that's because for me, Battlefield used to be the only multiplayer game I would play. This is a series I have played for nearly 20 years. Um, I haven't been so hot on the past couple entries. I'm really excited for this new one. Um, And I have been specifically saving up because I know that's going to be a big purchase, but it's something, you know, I have planned for and I'm okay with that. And I know some people are like, do not pay that much money for this game, especially after some of the beta right. reactions I've seen. Um, and it's, it's just like, that there's a way to like, if, sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought, but I mean, like there are some games that don't respect the money that you put into them. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, but like, if it's something that is very that feels very complete, that you feel was was made well, and you feel like you know comfortable paying for it, do it. But like, again, I think it just all comes back to me. Like, if prices never ever change, if they never go down, then some of those people that were initially not willing to purchase it will just never get around to it. And I think I think I think that's yep. unfortunate. Jeff, by the way, I want to say that, dude, that, that hurts. That shit you, you, you put in chat, that hurts, man. Like that, it is 100% coming to console. Like there's no I way those. Wrong. I just, they've got a lot of shit on PC that just like the Chrono Trigger. Yeah, this it's is different. This is different though. Like, like they didn't make the okay. big, they didn't make the okay. big deal about. The problem is you said it. It's not going to happen. Well, <laughs> well, the problem is you said it. You fine. It's not fine. It's not coming to console. You said it. Brings you up a good you Find said it. it. Also, Did a gorilla. I mean, before it comes out, a girl is gonna bust into your house and beat the yeah. loving shit out of you. Well, and that gorilla will tell you, "Oh yeah, Square told me to tell you that there's." No, they're yeah. not gonna fuck you know what? You, you know what? You know what? If Square Enix gave me a choice, John, you could shit about the thoughts. You know, you, you know, Jeff. If Square Enix gave me a choice, said you could either have, you can have this, you can have this gorilla beat your ass and get the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters on Switch, or 
this gorilla could not beat your ass I and mean, you won't get i would have the gorilla beat my ass like that's how much those games mean to me like the gorilla could fucking knock the shit out of me he's it's gonna fine. beat you anyway he won't why don't you understand he won't <laughs> But but we are uh, we are bumping up against our time here. Um, couple of uh, things to close out on. Extra Life's coming up in less than two weeks. Um, uh, Justin, uh, Brittany, Derek, and myself will be right here uh, at my house um, streaming a 24-hour Pokemon Emerald Nuzlocke. Uh, we'll have some cool rewards for people who want to donate. Um, we're going to have shirts available at that time. We're going to have some limited edition uh, uh, whiskey glasses as well. Those will go. Those will not come back. So uh, <coughs> get them. Get them while you can. Uh, we'll we'll have more details for that later. We will be dropping our Metroid Dread review on uh, Sunday or Monday. We're going to record on Saturday. Um, what else we got? Oh. Um, I've been streaming Silent Hill 3 for uh, my spooky October game, but going back to Silent Hill 3 fucking like it's painful, like like the game has not aged well at all. Uh, so a, a game that I know for a fact has aged much better because I uh, I started it about two months ago again was Fatal Frame 2. And so uh, tomorrow night at 9 p.m., I'm going to stop playing Silent Hill 3 on stream because it's just literally making me ill with that camera. And I'm going to stream Fatal Frame 2 all the way through because it's a, it's just the game is aged far more gracefully than Silent Hill 3 did, which sucks because I love Silent Hill, but it is what it is. Um, did anybody have anything else before we get out of here? nothing okay cool all right well everybody once again uh thank you for hanging jeff wants us to wrap up because taco bell is coming uh thank you i'm in yo thank you so much everybody for tuning in and hanging out hanging out with us as always we greatly appreciate it we have a discord if you're not a member let's get that night bot in chat please join our discord we have over 325 people in our discord now which is fucking nuts to me it's nice and active it's a nice wholesome community we also have a patreon uh where you can help us get to different events hopefully starting again next year pax east uh and provide uh games coverage and interviews for you to enjoy um and also of course follow us on twitter at official sdgc take care of each other and remember kindness costs nothing